Well, uh, it is good to, to be here on this Sunday before Thanksgiving. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of excited about Thanksgiving this year. Amen? I mean, after the years of COVID and all of that, it, it is great uh, to be getting together again. In fact, just on a personal note, uh, I'm going to get to be able to get together with my extended family, which lives down towards uh, the Renton area, and we haven't been able to do that in, in quite a while. So uh, we're going to have a loud Thanksgiving because there's a big crowd. So <laughs> we're looking forward to that. I hope you have uh, plans for family uh, as well. So today is a one-off kind of sermon. Uh, if there's not a series, we'll start Advent next Sunday, uh, which again, I just encourage you, Advent is a great time uh, to be at church. It's a great time to invite people uh, to church as we kind of move through the season and light the Advent candles and, and the Chrismans for the kids and, and all of that, and we'll explain that as we go along. But uh, just, a, just a really great time that culminates with our Christmas Eve service. And I just want to tell you, even now, uh, invite people to come to Christmas Eve. Uh, you'd be amazed how many people like to come to that. It's a powerful service. We spread the light. It's a, it's a good time. But today, my, my one, one-off series, uh, I, I thought I could maybe break with tradition and not do a memory verse since there's only one, but I decided against that. You all are smart. You can memorize something in one verse, can't you? One Sunday? <laughs> kind of like, what's he doing to us? So here it is. Here's the memory verse. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. I thought that was a good Thanksgiving one. Let's say it together. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let's say it one more time. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Psalms 107, 1. So this morning I thought what we would do is what I call a gratitude tune-up, right? You all have to tune the cars up, and you got to change the oil, and all that kind of maintenance sort of thing. And so Thanksgiving comes around. It's a good time to kind of just do a a tune-up, you know, just kind of how we doing with that, remind us uh, about all of that. Um, And and I I realize that Thanksgiving is not technically a part of the church year calendar, but it should be, okay? Because gratitude is a super important part for followers of Jesus. Amen? Amen? And I hope you have all kinds of things you're, you're grateful uh, for. Uh, and there's a difference between great gratitude and thanksgiving. So let me just toss this out real quick right at the beginning. A gratitude comes from recognizing the contribution of others to your life, right? Somebody has made a contribution to your life in some sort of way, and, and we, we have gratitude for that in, in um, it, it, it's kind of the, you know, God has done that, mentors do that, friends do that, all of that sort of thing. So we have gratitude. But the difference is Thanksgiving requires taking action. Thanksgiving is gratitude expressed. It is, we are able to, to experience gratitude and not actually express it to the person. And so one of the things I love about Thanksgiving is it is a reminder that we need to express gratitude to the people who've made a commitment to our life, who've made a contribution uh, to our life in, in one way or another. Amen? I mean, that's at the heart of Christianity is our, our gratitude for all of that. So here, here's the question. Who has made a contribution to your life in the last year, month, or week? Now, everybody's going to say Jesus. Okay, we get that. We're going to assume that one for a minute. Our family, all of those things. But think outside that box a little bit and just maybe shout out their first name. And while you're thinking about that, I'll tell you one for me. 
One of the people that's made a, a contribution in the last year to me is my boss, uh, Jerry, who's our district superintendent. But just through a series of things, he's just invested in me, and, and I've learned a bunch of stuff from him lately and, and been kind of working with him. And I'm just, I, I, I'm going to send him a card on Monday. I'm going to write out a card and say, hey, Jerry, just really appreciate your investment in my life. And, and I, I feel that, but I work with him so much, it dawned on me, I never really said that to him this year, and I need to do that. So, so who, who, just the name, first name of somebody that has invested in your life, made a contribution to your life in the last year. Okay, I, I didn't catch all the names, but go ahead. Others? Christina. Christina. Yeah. Colleen. Janice. Alicia. Charlotte. Kathy, Jan, Carrie, Carrie. Trisha. Trisha, Donna. Have you noticed the women are running way ahead of the guys in this? <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. So I started with a guy, okay? So good. Well, it's, it's good to just call them out because you kind of recognize it when you do that. Any others? People that have made a... Wayne. Wayne. Paul. Pastor Craig, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Any others? So we, we all have these people that we need to say thank you uh, to because they've made a contribution in our life. So I want us to look this morning at, um, at Colossians chapter 3, uh, 15 through 17. You have your Bibles. I invite you to turn over there. Or you, there's a Bible in the pew. Or, of course, on our phones we have access to Bibles as well. And I will put the Scripture up here uh, as well. Because this is a really great passage about gratitude and thanksgiving. So I'm going to just kind of read the whole thing, uh, and then we'll come back and break it apart. Let the peace of Christ, I love that as we go into Advent, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. So let's jump into this a little bit. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. So you all know, we've talked about this before, uh, when a Jew writes the word peace, although they were writing in Greek, they would be thinking about the Hebrew idea of peace, which is shalom. Say shalom. Shalom is a big idea of peace. It, it's not just the absence of the kids fighting, okay? It, it, it's bigger than that. It's the idea of right relationship with God, right relationship with his creation, and right relationship with one another. It is what heaven will be. Heaven will be shalom. It'll all be working the way God intended for it, it to work, right? And so he, he's talking about let the, the, the rule, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts in, in this place. In fact, the word rule is really important in here. I love this. I kind of dove into this word uh, this week. Um, and it certainly carries the idea of kind of a, a boss over all of those things. But one of the commentators used an illustration that has really struck with me, stuck with me. And he said, the modern equivalent to the word rule uh, today would be the word umpire. 
How many of you watch like baseball or anything like that? Yeah. You know, so umpires have huge power, right? They, when, they, when they're throwing it in there, they call whether it's a ball or, or a strike, and it can impact the outcome of a game. They, they decide whether the ball went foul when it, when it uh, went off the side over there. They decide whether they touched the base or didn't touch the base. They, they are the ones that interpret and decide about all of the rules in, 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 in baseball. And that's kind of what he's saying here is let the peace of Christ be the umpire in your life. The one that calls inbounds and out of bounds. And anything that doesn't lead to the peace, to the shalom, to the plan God has for us, that's out of bounds. Don't, don't go there. Let go of that. Come back. Come get back in bounds. Start throwing that ball as, as strikes, not, not foul balls. And, and, and so uh, let the peace of Christ rule. Say, let the peace of Christ rule. Yeah, it's, it's so much a part of what he wants, this, this, this peace of Christ. This is kind of the big picture. And then he goes on to say, and be thankful. Because when the peace of Christ rules, there is gratitude that flows out of that. There's a thankfulness uh, that, that's a part of that. And, and uh, the word here in Greek is eucharistio, and, and it, it's from which we get the word eucharist. You remember, remember that word? It refers to communion, and it means be thankful. We give thanks. So when we celebrate communion, uh, sometimes I'll call it the Eucharist because I want to emphasize the gratitude we have for what Christ has done for us, and, and we're thankful. Interesting sort of sub-point. I've been kind of on root words lately. Anyone want to guess what the root word is for be thankful? Grace. Grace. So there's this wonderful image of be thankful because God has blessed something into your life. He has blessed the peace of Christ into your life. He has blessed salvation into your life. He has blessed all of these things. Everything that we have, every good thing comes from God. And so he says, be thankful, be gracious. You have received these by... Somebody say amen, because this is good stuff, you know? You don't got to like my preaching, but that is truth, man. I love that the root word is grace. Grace is just so full of, of Scripture in, in so many ways. Uh, and so, it goes on. Uh, so now, we, we've let the peace of Christ be in. So let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish, and it goes on and on and on. So the question is, what is the message uh, of, of Christ? Uh, and the, the message of Christ is, is the whole of, of the message of Christ. It's all that we think about uh, when we think about these sorts of things in our life. So it's the good news. It's the gospel, right? It's the fact that God came in as a baby uh, and lived amongst us and was vulnerable and made himself so vulnerable, in fact, that we, we killed him and he died for us. And, and then he, was ro he rose from the dead. The Father raised him from the dead and we can have new life. The power of sin and death is broken. You know, when I say the power of sin and death is broken, and I get, amen. There's just something that rubs me wrong. So let's try that again, because that's, that's Easter. I know we're in, about to hit Advent, but that's Easter. The power of sin and death is broken, and Jesus is alive. Amen. There we go. Keep that in mind when we get to baptism, because that's what, part of what we celebrate uh, in, in all of that. So uh, the message of Christ is, is the whole of, of all of this. Um, and so just kind of to say it another way, um, he added to that, he added the word dwell to that. And the word dwell is the idea, not just of moving into the neighborhood, but moving into your life. So this is like the message of Christ is literally living with you, right? So you, you get up in the morning and you go to breakfast and you're cooking eggs and you turn around and all of a sudden there's the message of Christ sitting at the table going, what's for breakfast? You know? 
You go to work and you get into your office and there's the message of Christ sitting in your chair going, hey, I kind of like this chair. It's a good chair. You know, where'd you get this chair? I mean, it is the idea that, that the message, the good news is with you everywhere you go. It's a part of your life. It, it, it dwells, it, it, it lives uh, with, with you in, in everything you do, okay? It dwells. Uh, and then among you, and so they did a really cool thing here, where the dwell is like the personal in your life, it lives with you. And the among you is like the, the community. So the message not only dwells within you, but it also exists within the community, that we give the message of the good news of Jesus Christ to one another, which is being Christ to each other, right? So I'm going to try and be Christ to you, and you're going to be Christ to me. And within the community, the message of Christ lives and dwells amongst us as a community. So it's a really interesting kind of play on words that, that he has in, in, in that space right there. Um, and then it goes, in you richly. Say, richly. Yeah, richly is a, is a really great word. It carries the idea of abundantly, of, of overflowing. It's not just value here, it's quantity. It is both a valuable thing and there's a whole bunch of it. And this is kind of this idea we've talked about, about God is, God is never uh, stingy with grace. He's never stingy with his relationship with you. He, he doesn't kind of meet it all out and count it, you know. He, he just pours it out upon you. This, this thankfulness that comes from grace and all of that, and God's just pouring it out on you all of the time. And so I just want to say to you, if you ever think God is withholding you from you or punishing you or any of that kind of stuff, that is not what Scripture says. Scripture says he wants to drown you in blessings. I mean, what a way to go, you know? I mean, it's just, it, it, I love how powerful the Scripture is uh, with this idea of, of abundance. But here's kind of the idea in all of this. The life and teaching of Jesus is the center of Christianity. Amen. Understand that? That it is the center. We read everything else, we interpret everything else through this idea that Jesus' life and teaching is what controls what goes on. So sometimes when I, I struggle with something, I read something in the Old Testament, I go, man, I am really uncomfortable with that. I come back to the life of teaching and I look at it through that lens. And I say, I don't know how to resolve all this, but here's what I know the teaching of Jesus is, and I will follow that. Amen? And, and whatever we do in our relationships with one another, I don't know what to do with all this situation, but here's what Jesus taught about this. A number of years ago, they made it pretty simple, and I, I, I wish I could figure out how to bring it back, but it was kind of the wristbands and all that stuff. What would Jesus do? That is just about the best question there is. What would Jesus do in this situation? And if I'm going to get it wrong, I at least want to get it wrong trying to do what I thought Jesus would do. Amen? Amen. And, and we've talked about this before. If I'm going to err, I want to err to the side of grace. Because I can stand before my God and say, I did the very best I knew to be like you, to be gracious, to, to be abundant, to, to pour this out. And so I just can't emphasize this enough. This is the heart of Christianity, the life and teaching of Jesus. And that's what we follow when we say we are followers of Jesus. Amen? Okay, so then um, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit singing to God. This was one that I, I knew this idea, but I just hadn't hung around it very uh, much uh, in, in my life. Uh, but but this, is, this is the idea. The idea is this. Singing is vital to your spiritual life. Singing is not good singing necessarily, but singing is... I've sat in front of a couple of you, so 
Um, singing is vital to your spiritual life. That's what this says. And, and I, I hadn't really thought about this a whole lot. But, but let me look at, let's look back up so we can break this down now. So teach and admonish, that's, that's discipleship. And I'll, I'll tell you personally, the word admonish for me feels like getting called into the principal's office. I don't know what, you know, it's not, it's not that way in Greek, but in the English it kind of carries that idea. So it's like admonish someone, you know. Um, one another with all wisdom. So it's, it's teaching and admonishing with wisdom. And then this is the how of it. The how of it is you do it with psalms, which is the book of psalms which they sang. That was their hymnal, okay? With hymns, which is songs about God. And songs of the Spirit, which is uh, people that just in the moment kind of sing along. I don't know if any of you do this. Before we had a lot of entertainment, people used to sing for entertainment. And I, I've known people that can just make up a song as they go, right? You know, I envy them a bit. And singing to God with gratitude in, in, in your heart. And so here, here's what I, I want you to know. I'm not sure Kramer's in the building. But Kramer, our, our song leader, our worship leader, is charged with teaching and admonishing you with wisdom through music. Amen? There's something powerful about music in our, in our lives in, in so many ways. Um, in fact, I had a professor that said something that has stuck with me from like way back when I was in college, which was a long time ago. He said this, our people learn more theology through the songs they sing than the sermons they hear. They learn more theology through the songs they sing than the sermons they hear. And the reason is you carry the music with you. Some of you will go out of this place with a song in your head, right? None of you are going to set any of my sermons to music, right? It's just like, that's why you take notes, because like five minutes out, it's like, what did he say again? I need to get notes. But the songs, we're going to close this service with doxology, and that's just so powerful. And there's a bunch of you who are going to go out of here. Then there's a baptism, right? And we dismiss you. And you're going to go out of here having been a part of a baptism, and you're going to be singing, praise God from whom all only better. You'll do better than me. But, but that's, that's the power of, of music in, in all of this. So I want to encourage you to sing more. I want to encourage you to sing when we have the music time together. I know it's newer songs sometimes. You don't know it. Learn it. It's okay. It's all right. And if you get it wrong, that's all right. You'll be with 99% of the other people in the congregation, you know? There's certain extraordinary people that got it all right, but the rest of us, we just kind of go along in all of that. And I'm serious about the joyful noise thing, man. I come from a joyful noise father. I love my father, but we, we had a weird family musically. My mom was concert mistress in college, which is his first chair violin, right? She was really good. She can do all kinds of crazy stuff. And my dad, he could not carry a tune in a radio. <laughs> For those of you who are musical, you'll get this. I, I would play middle C on the piano, and he couldn't match the tone. <laughs> it was just like all over, you know? So I love my dad, but he, he, he believed in making a, 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 you know, a joyful noise. I think that was one of his favorite verses, and we, lived, we were in this little tiny church, and I don't know why, but one day it dawned on me, not very many people sat in front of my dad. <laughs> you know, and my sister and I would kind of step aside, because if you're trying to sing, you couldn't sit with that. But he sang, he loved the hymns of the church, he loved the, what he learned in, in all of that. So don't focus on the technical, just make a joyful noise, and if people stop sitting in front of you, that's their problem, not yours, okay? So be intentional uh, about that. Uh, so singing is vital to your spiritual life. Let the message of Christ dwell in you, uh, among you richly, as you teach, admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude. Now we'll see how you've been paying attention in this sermon so far. 
Anyone want to guess what the root word for gratitude is? Yeah, that does a pastor's heart good. You can remember it from one, one to the other. With gratitude, with grace, that both thanksgiving and gratitude have the same root of, of grace uh, in them. That gratitude is this gracious thing uh, in, in our life. So singing is a way of both expressing gratitude to God and growing your gratitude for God. Let me say that again. Singing is a way both of expressing gratitude to God and growing your gratitude for God. Does that make sense? There's something about that that works in our lives. And I'm just going to be real transparent here. The Lord gave me a check when I got to this verse. It kind of said, whoa, you, you kind of... When I was growing up, I, I was very involved with music. I played the piano. I played several instruments. I was actually... This will blow you away. Some of you aren't going to believe this. I was actually a worship pastor for a while while I was in seminary, right? But this was like hymns and the whole thing. What Kramer does, I can't do that. I can't even find the beat in all of that. But, but I, I did that, and so music was a big part of my life. But over time, I, you know, I became a pastor, and so this, and I connect to God with my head much more so than my heart. And so my time in the car became podcasts. Those things came along, you know, and I listened to all kinds of stuff. And the Lord kind of checked me and said, you spend very little to no time singing to me. And I was like, you're right, I don't. And so I've changed it all around. My, my whole Spotify file has completely changed, and I brought up a whole bunch of different music and songs that I like. You know what the great thing about Spotify is and any of those music things like? You can listen to the music you like no matter what. You only got to negotiate with your spouse, but, you know, that's other than that, that's it. That's it. And so my, my, I've been listening to music in the car, driving back and forth, and I'm like, wow, this really lifts my spirits. And the Lord's like, duh, that's why I told you to do it, you know? And, and so it's been fun. So I don't know. What, what kind of music do you guys like? Anybody just give me a style quick. Country, hip-hop, R&B, jazz, Christian, rock, bluegrass. Wow, we should be writing these down. <laughs> Christmas, hymns, acapella, ooh. Yeah, I, I've been listening to, so my favorite kind of music is probably back, black gospel, but I found a, a couple of places where it was black gospel piano, right? And if you've, ever, you've ever been to listen to those guys, it's amazing because I'm a piano player. So I've been listening to that over and over again, and I, I just love it. They do the hymns and all this cool stuff. So I don't care what it is you do, what style you do. But I want to encourage you that singing is important to your spiritual life. So, gratitude is a perspective, not an emotion. Gratitude is a perspective, not an emotion. In America, we tend to think of these things as emotions. I feel grateful, so I, I express thanksgiving. But if I don't feel grateful, then I'm not going to express thanksgiving because that would be hypocritical. That's a lie. Biblically, gratitude is a perspective. It's when you see your situation from God's perspective, not yours. You get it? You get it? You ever had a situation where you thought something and you get new information and your perspective shifts and you suddenly go, oh, that's not what I thought it was. That's what gratitude is. Gratitude is when you see it from God's perspective. We, we get so hung up on, on things in life. We get, we get in a situation where it's difficult or it's hard for us, and we begin to go, oh, Lord, you got to change this situation, you know, and we get focused on all of that, and we don't feel grateful for it all, and so we don't express gratitude. That's not the way the Bible talks about gratitude. Uh, there, there's some things we can do to kind of help us in those difficult situations to help change our, our perspective. One of them is to focus on your core values. 
Focus on the things that God has blessed you with, your family, your spouse, your children, God, your, your church, all of those things that are important and are there no matter what. Somebody say amen with this because I'm, I'm telling you the truth. You all know my story. I had the cancer that was supposed to kill you. And in those moments, everything was stripped away except my core values. My wife still loved me. My kids still loved me. And it came to see me too, you know. And I didn't have any grandkids, so they got pregnant. And I got a bunch of grandkids now. So don't tell them that I said that, okay? You know? My church still loved me. My, I, you know, I, those are the things that help pull us out, help us get us on God's perspective as to what's going on. Or, or remember the stories of how God has worked in your life or other people's lives. The stories we talk about, about what God did for this person or that person, it, it kind of lifts your spirit. It restores your gratitude. You realize that God is working in your situation. Or take the long view, because God is always working in the long view. Amen? Or here's a really good one. Express gratitude for what you do have as an act of will. There is something about saying it that just changes our heart and, and our perspective. Uh, trust God ferociously, okay? And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do. So now he's gone wide. He kind of started with the peace of God, personal, kind of moved in the community of followers. And now he's going like everything you do in life whether it's religious or not religious, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, in action or what you say, watch your words, that's where we get in trouble, do it all, just in case you didn't understand the word whatever, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, okay? That, that's the idea of everything we do is, is about God. It's the attitude of the disciple. So there's always something to be grateful for in our lives. There's always something. It may not be obvious, but it's out there. That God gives you something. In fact, there's a couple of verses I want to run past you because I love them for this reason. It says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When I was growing up, a lot of people struggled with this because they read the text wrong. They read it as, Rejoice always, pray continually, uh, give thanks for all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It does not say for all circumstances. It says in all circumstances. Because there are circumstances that I'm not thankful to God for, but I can be thankful in. You get it? You get the difference? That, that's a huge difference. There are terrible, awful things that happen to people in life, and you should not be thankful for those sorts of things. They're, they're evil. We live in a broken, evil world. But even in the midst of that, God can speak into our lives and give us, uh, give us gratitude in the, in the midst of all of that. Here's another one I like. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Here's a really cool promise. When, when you do this, when you give thanksgiving, uh, and, you, you, and you reject the anxiousness, you get this peace which transcends all understanding. This means it makes no sense that you have peace, and yet the Spirit of God gives it to you. And I know this is true, because I remember when I was in that hospital bed, and they didn't think I was going to make it, and there was this profound peace that came over me in that place. And it was the peace that makes no sense. You should not have peace when you think you're going to die. But I did. It was supernatural. It, doesn't, it makes no sense. But God has that. And God has that for you as well in whatever circumstance you are, you are facing in this particular situation. 
Followers of Jesus, more than anyone else in the world, have reason to be grateful. Amen? Because Christ broke the power of sin and death, and Jesus is alive. There we go. Yes, excellent. We know it. We've read the end of the book. God wins, you know? I don't normally recommend reading the end of the book, but when it comes to the Bible, that's a good place to start because you know everything for the rest of it. So it's just such an important part of this that we understand that. So uh, uh, be grateful and express thanksgiving for. So here's a little help for thanksgiving uh, as we wrap up here. God's peace and presence in your life. You can always be thankful for this because God did not promise our lives would be easy. He promised he would be with us. Amen. I mean, that's the whole Advent thing, you know, the idea of Emmanuel. God is with us no matter what. Number two, uh, Jesus' message, the good news, the power of sin and death is broken and Jesus is alive. Amen. Yeah, third time you're kind of, yeah, that's all right. Uh, so <laughs> Jesus' message, you have new life in Christ and Christ can renew you and make you a new creation. What a great message we have in him. And we're going to celebrate that in baptism in just a minute. And then number three, everything else in your life. The Bible says that all good gifts come from God, which means everything that's good in your life is a gift from God's hand. Man, Lord forgive us when we complain that we don't have enough blessings in our life. Well, if you just do this for me, you know. Lord's like, have you seen everything I have done for you, you know? God blesses us through all of that. And yes, if our worship team uh, could, could come. Uh, so t- this week when you gather around tables with, for Thanksgiving, um, let God fill you with gratitude, would you? And I don't, I don't know what your Some of you are in good circumstances. It's like you're going to be able to name a whole bunch of um, particular things, you know. Thank you for the new car. Thank you for the raise. Thank you for the... And there's nothing wrong with any of that. That's the everything else in your life. But would you instead maybe focus on all the good things God has blessed into your life that really matter. The people, right? The relationships. The, the, the message of salvation. The, the reality of salvation. The presence of God in your lives. Those are the things for which we will be eternally grateful for. Amen? When we've been singing around the throne for a thousand years, we're still going to be thankful for all of those things. We're probably not even going to think about the new car or the raise or the position. We're just going to say, thank you, Jesus, for all that you did. So let's worship the Lord uh, together. I'm going to uh, pray here real quick. We can go ahead and take that away. Um, yep. Maybe we can take that away. Um, and, uh, and then we're going to worship in, in baptism together. That is the greatest celebration the church has, amen? is baptism in all of this. So, Father God, thank you for this good day. Thank you, Father, for this week where we say thank you to you, Father. Give us grateful hearts, Father, hearts filled with your grace. Give us lips that express the thanksgiving that that we are experiencing for all that you have done, Father. We pray now that you would anoint this time and be glorified in it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, let's worship.